You're listening to Theology for the Rest of Us. You've got tough questions. We'll try to give you easy answers. Now, here's your host, Kenny Ortiz. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Theology for the Rest of Us. I'm Kenny Ortiz and I'm coming at you not from the great metropolis of Orlando, Florida. This time I am on the road in Kaufman, Texas, right outside of uh, the Dallas area. And I am here today uh, with a friend of mine, Stephen Mackey. He's a pastor in the area, doing some ministry together here uh, this weekend. And while we're here, I figured we'd bring the the mic, break it out, and answer some really great questions. So sitting to my left, Stephen Mackey. Stephen, how you feeling, brother? Hey, Kenny, how's it going, man? Super stoked to be here with you. Uh, Mackie has been not just a regular listener of the podcast, but one of the biggest uh, inspirations and encouragement to me for the last several months has been doing this. So, uh, Mackie, glad to have you on. Mackie's got a Master's of Divinity from Fuller Theological Seminary. He's also traveled the world as an evangelist, uh, speaking both in in marketplace, at schools, doing inspirational, motivational speaking, as well as preaching in a variety of settings. Uh, he is now pastoring, uh, obviously, here in the Dallas area, and super stoked to have him on. He actually has a podcast launching uh, in mid-May called The Art of Evangelism, and as that gets launched, we will be promoting that here on the podcast. So, Mackie's going to help us uh, tackle a question that I got from a regular listener, and uh, it, it, was, it was a question, actually, that stumped me a little bit, so I've done some research on it. In John chapter 20, uh, Jesus makes a statement that is uh, a little bit uh, confusing at first glance. And in fact, it's really important because the Roman Catholic Church has built a pretty significant doctrine uh, on this particular verse. In essence, Jesus says, If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. And at first glance, it feels like Jesus is saying that if you forgive the sins of people, then they'll be forgiven. If you don't, then they're not forgiven. And this is where some of our Roman Catholic friends uh, get the idea that the, the Catholic priest or that the leadership of the Catholic Church has the power to uh, forgive individual sins. Uh, with all due respect to our Catholic brethren, uh, we disagree with that. We don't think that's what this passage is alluding to. So, Mackie, I uh, would love to get your thoughts on this. I know uh, we were talking off air a moment ago. You were saying that context uh, really speaks a lot to this. So before we dive into the meat of it, kind of give us some understanding as to the context of what Jesus is saying and how that might play a role in how we understand the passage. Yeah, Kenny. So here's a couple things that have helped me come to what I find to be most compelling or the, the answer or the understanding interpretation to be most compelling on this. First, we got to understand that sin is used in different ways throughout the throughout the scriptures, both Old Testament, New Testament, gospels and letters that sometimes in common use today, when we think sin, we think specific things that we've done that would cause us to say, oh, that is wrong. We think I got drunk or I did this specific thing and I murdered or I stole. And so that was a specific sin that I did. And, and there are times in the scripture that that is how sin is used. Uh, but there are also other times where sin isn't on the micro level, but sin is on the macro level, where sin is this, this mindset or this, this idea that I have missed the mark of God's perfection in Romans 3. Uh, or as we see in the Gospel of John, uh, that sin uh, is not about specific things, uh, but rather it's a lack of recognizing and embracing who Jesus is uh, and not that he's not just some dude. Um, and then responding to that in a way that recognizes that Jesus is the Son of God. 
this is a really great point, uh, Mackie, you're mentioning. You know, as we examine the word sin and how it's used by different people, you know, different different authors or different people writing the scriptures are going to use different things. So we need to take this word sin and see how John uses it. And, and as you mentioned, it, as we see in, in this particular gospel, uh, that John uses this word in a way that is different. And, and he uses it over and over again throughout the gospel in this way, not referring to individual sins, but the overarching idea that, that the greatest sin is to not acknowledge who Jesus actually is. That's right. And so, and, and I get that that can be confusing. Yeah. I mean, I think to some extent, some people would be confused by that and say, well, wait a minute, why does sin mean something different in the gospel of John than somewhere else? And, and how do you know that? Like, how do you know that John is using it differently? And that, and that goes back to kind of like you and I were talking about this off air a moment ago, like re- really kind of understanding the cultural context, understanding the nuances of Greek. Like most of the Bible you can read in English and it's sufficient, but there are definitely portions that that if you don't have at least some you know basic understanding of the Greek syntax and some of the nuances of that particular passage in the Greek, that, that it's really hard to really walk away with the overarching understanding of what that passage is really pointing to. For me, that doesn't mean that I have to be great at Greek. Like my Greek was uh, was good enough for a grade. Uh, but what it does mean uh, is that I've got to take serious the the effort that I put into understanding the scriptures. That, I think that really helps bring clarity to understanding what Jesus is commanding here or what Jesus is telling them to do. Again, it's not go forgive individual sins, but it's the overarching understanding of proclaiming who Jesus was. So as we approach John 20, verse 23, uh, we see that Jesus is speaking quite a bit in the verses leading up to this. W- what is Jesus actually setting up as we approach this passage? Right. So Jesus has just appeared to the disciples and he said, peace be with you in verse 19. And then he comes down, he shows them his side. The disciples rejoice. And then he says, listen, as the father has sent me, so I am sending you. And so that we know that what is about to come is this commissioning that here is your mission. Here is this new community that is being uh, established, this new community that has been giving a purpose. And he gave them the power of the Holy Spirit. And then he says in verse 23, if you forgive another's sins, their sins are forgiven. And if you do not forgive them, then they are not forgiven. And so with this idea of sin in the gospel of John being about not recognizing and and embracing who Jesus is, when we forgive and we ask the question, what is the source of forgiveness? The source of forgiveness is Christ and his good news message. So when we bring this good news message, the message of forgiveness, or specifically when the disciples in this new community bring forgiveness, i.e. the message of the good news, to people, and then people recognize who Jesus is and embrace the kingdom, then their sin, i.e. not recognizing and embracing Jesus, is forgiven. And when the disciples do not do this, when they do not take the message of forgiveness out, then people don't come to recognize who Jesus is. They don't embrace him. And so sins are not forgiven because there is not a way for forgiveness then to be made. You know, it's a great thought. And, you know, Paul actually talks about the same thing in Romans chapter 10. He says, like, how can they hear if there is no preacher? Like, if there's no one going to proclaim it, then there's no one responding to the gospel. Like, they can't believe it unless there's a preacher that goes and preaches it. So this is what... And this is what you're saying that Jesus is is communicating in John 20. Like, if you go and proclaim that forgiveness is available, then forgiveness happens. If you don't proclaim it, then forgiveness doesn't happen. So to put that that fine point on it is to say that I can't 
I don't have the power of forgiveness, but I do have the power of proclaiming where forgiveness does come from. And so when I do that, then forgiveness is, 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 is given. And when I don't and, and people aren't able to receive it, uh, then it's not. Man, it's really great thought. So again, it's you know, Jesus is not saying if you forgive individual sins, then they are forgiven. Jesus is saying that if you take the message of forgiveness to people, then forgiveness will take place because people are going to hear the message and many of them will believe it. But if you don't take the message of forgiveness, then there's no forgiveness to be had because there's no opportunity for forgiveness. Right? Like if I don't go to the place where the message has never been preached, then no forgiveness will happen. Again, Jesus is not giving us the power to be like God and forgive individual sins, but rather giving us the opportunity and the privilege to take the gospel message where it's never been so that forgiveness of sins can take place. Mackie, man, I really appreciate your your thoughts. Uh, you know, quite honestly, I, I, this this question was a little bit of a stumper for both of us. Yeah. We we both uh, we both went through you know several commentaries. We studied when we were sitting up late looking at the Greek and really wanted to make sure. We're, and we're both saying, hey, we feel like this is what this passage is saying. And, and I think this is a reminder. And I've said this in several other episodes. This is a reminder that man, th- there are moments in the Scripture where things aren't as clear. Let's not try to force it or shoehorn the Bible into being clear. Where, where it's not as clear as maybe we want it to be. I think that's really, really important. But but we take time out to study the passages. We try to you know, do some of the work of, of studying Greek and historical and cultural contexts. And, and as I've heard you say before, Mackie, we do the business of researching the scriptures and we, and we look and say, okay, what is the most compelling evidence? And Mackie, as we've done that, we feel the most, compet- the most compelling evidence is that this scripture is not giving humans individual power to forgive individual sins as if we are God, no, but rather that we bring the message of forgiveness, that we bring the idea of forgiveness, and therefore people have the opportunity to be forgiven. If we don't do that, they won't have the opportunity. So what a great reminder of the incredible obligation and privilege that we have to bring the gospel message to places where maybe it's never been. Big thanks and a shout out to the regular listener of the podcast that sent the question about this, about John chapter 20. Uh, Megan, thank you for the email. Thank you for being a regular listener. I hope that this is helpful uh, in your journey to, to seek truth. If you have a question about this episode, or maybe you're a Greek expert and you think that Mackie and I are completely off on this topic, so I would love to encourage you to to reach out to us. If that's you, or if you want to connect with me about anything at all, even if it's unrelated to this topic, please feel free to shoot me an email. The best way to reach me is heyortiz at theologyfortherestofus.com. That's H-E-Y-O-R-T-I-Z at theologyfortherestofus.com. If you'd like to connect with me personally, the best way to do that is on Twitter. You can find me at Kenneth Ortiz. It's K-E-N-N-E-T-H-O-R-T-I-Z. Our intro and outro theme music has been I'm Shipping Up to Boston by the Dropkick Murphys. I'm Kenny Ortiz, and this has been Theology for the Rest of Us. I'm a sailor!